This is SMQB's episode 22, fun show. We cover NBA and NHL playoffs, have a conversation about COVID on the athletic field. Of course, we have the punchable face of the week with some numbnut who decided to get in the way of the Tour de France and a really nice Ted Lasso story for the week. So check it out, enjoy, uh, leave us a review, and have fun. SMQBs, episode 22. House, I need you to confirm a rumor for me. I heard that Carson Wentz and Ben Simmons are collaborating on a country and hip-hop album titled My Truck Broke Down Leaving Philadelphia." It has such hits on it as Jalen Hurts My Dog, The Sixers Went Down in Georgia, and Philadelphia Boro Blues. Is this true? Wow. So you want to hurt me. So you want to hurt me. So you want to hurt me. All right. That, well, was, I need that. that, that was highly that was awesome. prepared. Wow. Highly prepared. Wow. No, it was totally off the cuff. Ouch. Well, if you don't deny See how you, you spent know, your Monday. That's not a denial. So you never know. What's going on, everyone? Uh, two weeks. Well. How are you doing, Bison? A lot of stuff doing going good. on. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Big night tonight. Let's go. Let's go. So, look, before we get rolling here, all right, the NBA's had a shot clock for a while. The NFL's had a play clock. Even baseball's gotten in on the act. This five group of guys right here needs its own play clock. So you're on notice now, and uh, we're going to have some times, uh, you know, some limitations here. Are you saying that house talks too much? I'm saying barely get a word in edgewise. <laughs> yeah. Order in the court. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, oh, that's rip. it. The judge is on the bench. So. Oh, it looks like Nace has the name of his next fantasy football team. <laughs> can, can, uh, <laughs> can we get a two minute warning like we normally do in competition? Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. There's no rules here other than uh, whatever I decide at that moment in time. So with that, we are going to start our first segment and let's talk a little NBA playoffs. Rooster, take it away. Okay. The story of the playoffs has got to be Trey Young, right? I mean, Trey Young was pretty much being bashed by sports commentators throughout the first half of the season as being a super talented player with whom no team could ever win a championship. And then they changed coaches and all of a sudden Trey young is playing out of his mind and has so throughout the playoffs and carried this team, uh, you know, past the Knicks past, past the Sixers, but injuries have now rained on the upstart Hawks, unfortunately. Um, they, the Bucks lead the series two to one. Last night in game three, the Hawks were up by 15 points at one point. Um, and then Middleton for the Bucks just went off in the fourth period, outscoring the Hawks all by himself 20 to 17 in the fourth period. At one point, he hit four consecutive threes. And so this is where the Hawks needed some of their great young players who were hurt. 
Um, they had the, they drafted DeAndre Hunter fourth in the 2019 draft. He was the defensive player of the year in college that year. He led UVA to the championship. Um, and he plays the same position as Middleton, um, small forward. He could guard Middleton. He probably could keep Middleton in check. And Middleton's like, you know, he's one of these guys. He, every other game, he has a great game. And then the next game, he's terrible. Also, they've got Cam Reddish, who they drafted that same year, 10th in the first round, who hasn't been able to play much at all in the playoffs. You've got in a little bit, but that's it. So the Hawks are, the Hawks, like every other team right now, um, is struggling because of injuries, but then the big one comes. In the fourth quarter, the Hawks are still up by single digits when Trey Young steps backwards onto the foot of a ref crumbles to the ground and has what looked like a really serious um, ankle injury, right ankle sprain. Um, he had an MRI. He, he had 32 or three points at the time. I think 32 points at the time went out, came back in late in the fourth and wound up with only 35 points. Um, he had an MRI and it, the, the team is saying it's questionable whether he'll even play in game four, he says he thinks he'll play, but there's no way, as we've seen with these ankle injuries, that if he plays, he'll have that blow by speed that he's known for, um, where he can shoot the floaters and and uh, or pass out to an open three. Um, Bison, you think there's any chance the Hawks can win another game with a hobbled Trey Young? No chance. No chance. Um, and I believe if you play back. Uh, this podcast about yeah maybe maybe two months ago someone on here said watch the Bucks watch out for the Bucks and I think you know look for them getting past uh, Brooklyn that was that was the big hurdle uh, particularly when sorry house not intentional but we have to talk about it the Sixers uh, blew it I mean that that would have been a different matchup I just think the Hawks magic runs out particularly with the injury. It, yeah. let's, let's call it what it is. It's the Bucks magic. Somehow they got Brooklyn when when Harden was down. Kyrie goes out. With, without Kyrie going out, Brooklyn wins that series. I mean, they were one inch of Kevin Durant's big shoe from winning the series in a dramatic uh, point. And then the Bucks look they're like they're going to have a trouble against the Hawks. And then the Hawks all go down, especially Trey Young. I mean, how, how lucky can the Bucks get? I yeah, Bogdanovich gets hurt. He's not been the same. DeAndre Hunter's been out. I mean, they get they got lucky. They're, they're not at the gr- same time. Giannis is playing uh, differently than he had been early in the playoffs when he was hanging around on the three point line. Did you see that drive where he he went in and did the dunk uh, after holding the ball with one hand for what seemed like forever? I mean, he's he's back to being aggressive. More freak uh, freak than Greek yogurt. Yeah, I was talking to a Bucks fan yesterday who said there was some like statistical analysis done that shows that they average like ten points more per game when he when he plays the majority of the time down in the post as opposed to hanging out at the three point line. Yeah, well, I'm so afraid of this judge uh, imposed a rule that I'm going to move on to the West. Uh, the Suns are rising in the West. They lead that series three games to one against the Clips. Even though Chris Paul went out with COVID, they won the first two games without him convincingly. Uh, 
Chris Paul came back for game uh, three and four, and the the Suns just weren't a scoring machine with him in the lineup. They scored 92 points in game three and only 84 points um, in game four. In fact, Booker broke his nose, and he wasn't as much of a factor as he had been in games one and two. So DeAndre Ayton steps up, and let, he played in game four like the star that the Suns projected him to be when they drafted him number one in 2018. He had 19 points, 22 um, rebounds, and four four blocks and played super tough defense in a game where 84 points was enough to win the game, 84 to 82. Nobody That's was terrible. scoring. It was a vomit worst induced conference game. finals I've ever seen. Nobody could, ever seen. nobody could score consistently except for Ayton. Um, Those two teams shot six of 34 in the fourth quarter. That's oh. horrible. <laughs> horrible. The Clips were 0 for 12 with a chance to either tie or go ahead. It's the worst performance in like 30 years with that statistic. But like, unlike uh, Rudy Gobert, Aiton, if he's playing a guy who's going to camp out on the three-point line, he's going to go out and guard him. Gobert stands under the hoop and watches, you know, uh, his his the guy he's supposed to be guarding pour in three pointers and just never even attempts to go out. I think Aiton is the real deal. He's a full package. He's still developing. Uh, you know, you called it earlier house. Um, he's starting to come into his own and, and I project him to become a, a big star, maybe not a superstar, but a big star. The Suns are very dangerous for the future because they're young and they already have the inside outside. I think we have a little bit of East Coast bias because that's what we see most of the time is the East Coast games. But Devin Booker is every bit as good as Trey Young without the flailing and the flopping. Um, I do. He is Pope. The numbers match up. I'm telling you, Devin Booker. Well, I'll tell you, the NBA as Trey Young is a bad, bad man. Booker doesn't is a have bad him man. Yet. He doesn't have is. him yet. He's a bad man, and he shoots from interesting places, logo and all that stuff. But the NBA would salivate to see a Booker versus Trey Young final. Uh, I do. I do think that if the NBA has any balls, and they change the rule on flopping the way Trey Young flops into foul shots, he will be not half the player, but he will be a different player. He scores so much off of that leaning into people and kicking out on people. I think that shtick, he is a bad man. He's a very talented player. I think a lot of that shtick needs to go. He's the brought the George Gervin floater back C- into the game. Man. CP3 was the original kick your leg out guy. Come on. But how does, been around speaking, of, speaking of CP3, how does he do with three to one leads in, in playoff series? Not a good history. Not a good well, history. Maybe they should bench him after games <laughs> three and four. So, so, but the clips are coming in with uh, no Kawhi for game five and no, you know, he's not letting on if he'll play game six or seven, if necessary. He's not. They just don't know. Paul George, Paul George is scoring a lot for them, averaging 27, 10, and six, but he's taken a ton of shots to get there and he's, he's only shooting 28% from three 36 from the field and 70% from the line. So, I mean, they're really inefficient right now. The Suns should be able to wipe them out. Pope, you're, you're a West guy. What do you think? The Suns are one game what? away from the finals. Can the Clips win the next three? I think not. No, the Suns had the same 
beneficiary that the Bucks did. I mean, the the Suns were going to lose to the Lakers until AD went down. They were struggling big time, and then they get the benefit of Kawhi, the the you know one of the top five players out with a knee. It's like hockey, you know, he's got a, a lower body injury. They're not really disclosing anything about it, uh, but he's not coming back. Um, book it. It's Bucks and Suns, and it's a big zzz series. First time since 93 that the Suns will be in the finals, just like the Canadiens, Milk. <sighs> oh. <laughs> Is that Are a segue without? No, 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 seg- no, not no seg- I'm Gavel? not finished. Running no, not yet. I, I, I'm oh. not, we've got, All right. listen, I, we got to talk about some new head coaches and we're going to have to go fast. Celts hired M.A. Udoka, uh, sixth, not the first, but the sixth <laughs> black head coach for the Celtics. Thank you, Jay Williams. Uh, Pacers hired Carlisle. I think that's a good hire for a young team that, that is ready to be coached up by an old schooler. But the Mavs hiring Jason Kidd, Pontiff, I mean, why, 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 why? His record as a head coach is uh, 183 and wins 190 losses. He, he couldn't even coach his first two games with the Nets because he had an offseason DUI. Um, then, he, then, he, then he pulls a Harden and talks his way out of there and goes to the Bucks and proceeds to lose so much they fired him. Um, he, pl- he pled guilty in 2001 for assaulting his wife. Why do you Oof. want this guy to be your head coach? Because he's, he's a winner. He's a media. He's a mediocre head coach. He's a winner, and I'm telling you, watch. watch Order the in the court. Your I Honor, your I, Honor I would ask for. I would ask for two <laughs> minutes of House's time, time to talk about the like, Sixers and I don't want to time to talk about the Sixers. Sixers. It's a shame. Maybe we'll do that in the uh, wrap up. Uh, no. All, all I got to <laughs> say well, is, let's let Pope finish his testimony. All I got to say is Nico Harrison. People don't know who he is. He was a VP exec with Nike. He's now the GM. He is close to players such as Dame and LeBron. He's going to put together a team for Luca. Luca is happy with Kid. Carlisle said there's nobody other than Kid who can bring out the best in Luca. They're very similar uh, as far as where their career arc is. I'm I'm very happy with it. Luca's going to sign the extension. Look out, Mavs. So the past, his past uh, coaching record. Objection! Is- Objection! House, house. What, what wouldn't you? take to get rid of Ben Simmons to get him out of Philadelphia. <laughs> what wouldn't you take? It's over. He's got to go. Uh, oh, wow. Well, Dame is Turn on, on his way out of, of Portland and you guys we will might take be Dame. a perfect trade partner. Oh, we will take Dame, Dame although most likely, most likely you're going to see CJ McCollum here from that team, not Dame. No, well, Dame's, Dame's got a Knicks jersey waiting for him. Oh, well, yeah. And Ben Simmons will be either on the Golden State Warriors or the LA Lakers in a three-way trade where he doesn't have to shoot on either team. All right, let's but go. I think we need to move on. NHL playoffs, milk, lead us through Canada. this. I think the Sixers need a leader, by the way. I'm just going to throw that in there. I didn't see much leadership. Oh, can't wait to Damn decide. Thank can't you. wait Thank to decide much. on my hockey team now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, big, look, big night tonight. I know that there was a split second, by the way, where I was somewhat concerned that there may not be a Tampa team in a world championship final, but of course we, we changed that very quickly and, and we're back in to the shock of no one. Um, 
this is a big matchup here. We've got the basically the New York Yankees of hockey. 24 Stanley Cups for the Montreal Canadiens. Last one in 1993. No Canadian team has won it since then. Um, no, that's not true. They're more oh, like for the five Dallas since Cal- then. Oh, for like five. No, 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 milk is right. Oh, you're right. Milk they haven't right. won it. They've been in it. The Canucks. Oh, for five. Didn't Toronto, oh, five. Win, didn't Toronto win it like five years ago, Rooster? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, uh, and you know, it's interesting. It's like at first I thought this was the United States versus Canada or whatever you want to call it, but doesn't most of Canada hate the Canadians? That's my understanding. No, like no. if you don't live in, I'm pretty sure no one in Toronto is. It seems to me like it's French Canada versus Russia. Right. Well, that's true. We do have a lot of Russian players. Um, I'm pretty shocked. Montreal's here. As you guys know, I predicted Vegas to absolutely destroy them. Uh, but their goalie, Carey Price has been playing out of his mind. I think the matchup there, him and Vasilevsky going head to head, is going to be some. Um, it's going to be some good hockey. But Tampa is just. I'm just going to go and say it. The better team. They're the more balanced. Oh. Well, wow, it's going out on a limb there. Seeing how Montreal had the worst hey, record seven, in any of the playoff seven teams. Seven players on the Lightning with four or more goals in this playoffs. Braden Point has 14 alone. You know how many players on the Canadians have more than five goals? Zero. Oh, zero. zero. None. So I think, look, there's a reason that they snuck in. They lost like 30, 25 games this year. Um, I think their, their luck is going to run out. Tam- they haven't seen anything. They, they, they haven't played Tampa all season. This is the first time they're going to be going head to head. Obviously they didn't play it. And the home field advantage is going to be interesting. You know, Tampa's got a crowd and but tell me, wait, I just want to make sure I Montreal understand correctly. Montreal hasn't played Tampa all season. Tampa hasn't played Montreal either. Yeah, that which is bad. I'm not really sure how that benefits. Montreal has a pretty unique defense, right, Milk? They have they have a good defense. I think their their I think Price's goaltending has been the difference. He's got to be up there in age too. But they try to slow it all down between the blue lines, right? Yeah, yeah. But so they clog up the center ice. But I'm telling you, the Tampa speed. And their ability, and their ability, their their front line especially. I mean, they're it's hard. It's it's going to be hard to go seven games or, or whatever it's going to be with this team. They're going to win. What's what's the injury situation with the Bolts? Uh, because they got their asses it's, handed to them by the Islanders. They got beaten up. But didn't one of your Russians get hurt? No, could, yeah. could, they were thanks. That was all. You know, they all went limping off the ice screen. at one point or another. Kucherov is fine. He's back in. Fake news house. Um, yeah, that was a little. Lots game. of bloody noses. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Whatever. It's over Barstool Sports. Sorry. Uh, is, I feel so, like of all the Tampa teams that went in for a championship, this is far and away the most confident you've ever been for all your yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not I I have the lightning in six games. I want to say five, but I'm but wow. I don't pause to do it. 
Wow. And I told you guys that I wasn't going to allow this segment to end without getting your allegiances that you must pledge right now. Mm. So I'm going to go around the room. I want to know who's winning the cup and how many games. House, you can start if you want. Anybody? Go ahead. You're here with your friends. Wow. Our home and native land. Seven games. Ride the hot goalie. Le Habitant. Bring back the honor of the North. The Rocket. Everybody wants Montreal to win. I get it. I get it. I understand why. They're taking the cup and your baseball team. No, they're not. (laughs) Damn it. Milk partner. Since I have no team in in here anymore, I'm I'm gonna have to support my partner and go with yeah. Bolts in five. <laughs> oh, Bolts in five. Five. Apparently, yeah. Rooster I have didn't get the memo. <laughs> Rooster didn't get the memo on this one. Apparently, <laughs> he knows he wants Canadians to with winners. In, Canadians in four. Wow. wow! I would love Look to it. see that. Wow. With the team of destiny. They're gonna break your spine uh, and your heart. Rene Richard is will be proud. Pope, what do you got? Oh, Canada. Wow. That's me and you, Rooster. Mm. We always win, right? That's right. You know, this this is the curse. You guys are like the evil empire, Milk. All the Russians. (laughs) I mean, come on. Harris, Harris asked me order he, in the court if he was going oh, to see over. the Stanley Cup again at his school and I said yeah. it's all over it's over we're Probably. done with that <laughs> <laughs> alright well we definitely have had some injuries in the NBA and, and NBA playoffs and even a little bit in NHL but House the account the account COVID is an injury what, what's going on with this now is um, you know I'm glad that fans are back in the stands. I'm glad that we've got sports um, playing live in front of people going full throttle. But unfortunately, one of the remnants from COVID that's at least here to stay for probably, I don't know, at least a season's worth of all the sports, uh, we're going to have to deal with the remnants of COVID. And it's starting to play out in a major, major way. Um, there's all already been some, you know, effects. We saw it during the NBA season. Um, we saw it um, affect some players. But now that the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, is available to basically anybody who wants it, there's no longer appointments or waiting lines. If you want a COVID vaccine, you can get it. And without getting overly controversial about this, no. unfortunately, <laughs> no, I'm, just say, I'm, just go, I'm going to just say the data, which is the only people that are dying from COVID are those that are unvaccinated. Vaccinated people do not die from COVID. And it's, it's many, many states now have 70% of people that are vaccinated, but some people are choosing, making the choice not to get vaccinated and it's affecting sports. One of the Washington football team star defensive ends, Montez Sweat, 
says he's not going to get the vaccine until there's more facts about it, to, to which I say, what more do you need to know? And what's going to start to happen and the way it's going to affect some of these teams by the protocols of the leagues are you have to, you're going to have to submit your vaccination status. And if you're vaccinated, you play unmasked with those players on your team that are vaccinated. And if you're unvaccinated, you're masked and on a different part of the field, a different part of the training. It's going to affect teams' preparation. Is, is that true? Going, is, that the, is that what the NFL is doing? Yes, it's going to affect teams' chemistry. It's going to affect teams' locker rooms. And now, on a pretty big stage, it has played out to affect a championship in sports. A really cool championship that people don't talk enough about is the College Baseball World Series. There are a number of regionals that happen around the country, which are basically like the 64 best team. And one team comes out of each of the eight regionals and then a super regional round is played. And basically, it's a best of three contest once you haven't lost twice. And we were down to the semifinals, Texas versus Mississippi State on one side and Vanderbilt versus NC State. And, you know, I followed enough of college baseball because it's the one team that my alma mater is good at, um, one, one sport, college baseball, Tulane. But all four of these teams, I can tell you, Texas, Mississippi State, NC State, and Vanderbilt, there were no underdogs, no upset specials there. They were all capable of winning the whole thing. Well, game one on Friday was uh, Vanderbilt versus NC State. And these teams can field in the dugout about 25 players to use in a game. And because of the failure to meet NCAA protocols, NC State was only able to field, I think, 12 or 13 people. And, you know, funny enough, Vanderbilt, which is a stud team to has probably top two pitchers in all of college baseball, they only lost to Vanderbilt three to one, but they were playing with half of a team. And after the game, the coach whose name is, uh, let me get it here. His, his name is Elliot Avent was asked. Yeah. He was asked whether or not he recommended that his players get a vaccine. And he said, no, he doesn't talk to his players about that. He talks to his players about baseball. He didn't want to indoctrinate my kids with my values or my opinions. Now understand that (laughs) these kids are 18, 19, 20 years old. You're damn right. You're indoctrinating them with your values and your opinions and your health and their safety and how much you should lift and what you should be eating. He, he, because, and he said he didn't want to babysit those kids. That's exactly what they needed. And because he didn't quote unquote babysit or indoctrinate those kids, he cost those kids a chance at a championship. The next day they didn't have enough to field a team and they forfeited the second game. And once you lose two games, you're out and Vanderbilt has made it to the finals uh, by not even having to beat uh, their opponent twice. You know, this those is- kids all signed, probably all sign a contract, right? Agreeing not to do drugs or alcohol during a season and all that. What's the difference? Those are rules laid down by the coach, and he's indoctrinating them with those sets of values. What is the difference? 
Can we, get a, can we get a little factual? Um, th- I just want to make sure I understand something. When you say that they weren't able to field a team the next day, were these positive COVID tests that they had? So did they have a um, just an outbreak go through the team? And and if so, how many players were vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Here's what's been reported. D1baseball.com reported that two players tested positive. What I believe is the case after that, we don't know how many actually tested positive, but once you were in the space of people that test positive, you cannot comply with COVID-19 protocols. Because of contact. The NCAA says fully vaccinated student athletes and other tier one individuals with no COVID-19 like symptoms may be exempt from routine testing. Student athletes and other tier one participants who are not vaccinated must continue to undergo testing at NCAA championships. The fact is, had these players been vaccinated, they wouldn't have even had to undergo testing. The protocols wouldn't even come into play. The only reason these players got tested was because they weren't vaccinated. Now, let me tell you something. If my kids one day are fortunate enough to be on an athletic team in NCAA where they're playing for a championship, I'm going to tell them to lock the hotel room door, don't leave, and see what you can do to get your hands on a trophy. Do whatever it takes. You may not ever get there again. I cannot believe this team did this but it's not going to be the last team where this happens. I mean, what would you guys do if your team on a major stage couldn't compete for its championship because it failed COVID-19 protocols because people wouldn't take the vaccine? Bison, to your point, from a factual standpoint, NC State Athletic Department said that a couple of the guys who tested positive were actually vaccinated and they had breakthroughs. So, um, I, I'm I'm 100% with you, House. I think you know there's maybe a little bit of gray area with NC State, and you know another thing is Vanderbilt requires all of their students to be vaccinated. As a private university, they can do that. NC State, Texas, Mississippi State, they can't require that. I don't know what Texas and and, and uh, Mississippi State's protocol was, or if they had any issues, or if they were even tested. But um, obviously, I think the uh, the cavalier attitude by the coach probably made the situation a lot worse than it might have been. Wait, are you so saying wanna, they were vaccinated and got COVID? There were a couple, according to the NC State Athletic Department, a couple of the players were vaccinated and got COVID. They were breaking. I call bullshit. I call so, bullshit. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot that makes this complicated, I, I think. I don't think this is – there's just a lot of different ways to talk about this story. First of all, I mean, House, you were talking about Montez Sweat and what more data do you do you need? I mean – I do think it's important to note that this was the fastest rush through vaccine we've ever seen in this country. I don't think that's, you know, it's obviously this is the sort of thing where you say everyone needs to come together and for the the good of the of the community, for public health and safety, you need to just trust in the science on this. But it is worth you know noting that this was a vaccine that was pushed through the FDA very, very quickly, certainly faster than anything else. I mean, that that's a true statement. Now, the, the two other things that, that sort of trouble me about this story, number one, the fact that the coach sees this as a political issue at all is just really uh, emblematic of, of a lot of larger societal problems. I mean, when did public health become a public uh, a, a political issue? And that's really unfortunate. It's unfortunate whether whether he has a political view on it and, and by not 
forcing vaccines or encouraging vaccinations on his players was taking a political stance or whether he was just plain uncomfortable in taking a stance on it because of political for political reasons. That's really that's we've lost our way as a country when we can't talk about uh, public health without it triggering politics. And that's really unfortunate. I do think, though, that that another part of this, though, is where we sit right now today is a very different place than when the NBA was in the bubble about a year ago. And we do have 70 percent or so of some places that are vaccinated. We know that, like you said, House, that if you get vaccinated and you get sick, uh, you're probably not going to die, right? You're, you're just, you're, your chances of being okay and, and having- You're not even going to be hospitalized. You're not even going to be hospitalized or very high. At what point do we say we don't, we can, we don't need to force vaccinations on people and we don't need to eliminate entire teams because some players tested positive. In other words, if two players were positive on the team, Let's assume that everybody else was vaccinated, but they were in close contact. Are they? Do they still get? Do they still get kicked out of the tournament as a result in that situation, or would they be allowed to play because they say, "Well, we're vaccinated. Yes, we had a couple guys get it, but hey, we're vaccinated and and uh, you know move forward." I I don't know the answer to that. I I I know that. Uh, you know that you've raised a lot of really interesting issues. Um, I, I do want to add in here that the way NC State continued to handle this thing, I mean, I do feel bad for the kids, particularly the ones who were complying, trying to do everything they could to win a championship. And I'm not sure really the best way to treat them when they come back, but they filled up the baseball stadium at NC State. They treated it like they had just won the NCAA championship. And one of the coaches took the microphone and said, you guys are the NCAA champions of baseball. Like, come on. Like, what is wrong here? If, it, you know, part of part of teams is complying with rules. And by the way, I'm not so sure. Uh, I don't know who said it, Pope or whatever. I'm pretty sure if you go to NC State or Texas or Mississippi State, whatever college you show up to, you have to submit proof of certain vaccinations in your life, whether it's measles, other things like that. I do think a state university could comply, could require that you be vaccinated. And the other thing that'll be very interesting to see, and I guess we can only guess right now is yes, it's true. There's an emergency use authorization. And, you know, I get that that's one reason why people are holding back. Something tells me that once it's approved as a full vaccination, it's still unfortunately going to be a political issue. There are still yep. people that are not going to get vaccinated. I agree that. Yeah. You're right. You're but, right you about know, that. With respect to the NFL and Montrez Sweat, the, the, the league last year allowed people just, if they, if they had a problem with it, if they didn't want to get vaccinated and they didn't want to play, they could take the year off. Um, and Nate Solder did that for the Giants. Um, you don't have to play. You don't have to show up. But if you're going to show up and play, take one for the team, literally. I mean, uh, you know, everyone's talking about should should the NC State fans be mad at, at the NCAA. I'll tell you what, if I was one of those kids on that team, I'd be pissed at the people who refused to get vaccinated for the good of the team. I mean, you know, 
just, we're all in this together. Put your put your damn politics aside and make sure. Let's make sure. Let's go out and win the college world series. But Richard, what, what if what if it's a kid who legitimately is you know right or wrong, but is fearful of the vaccine? I mean, is is legitimately afraid of getting that? Does so that? I talked change- talk to a doctor two nights ago about this, and there you know that one study that's out there that says that <laughs> young males may may have an increased risk of myocardial infarction, I guess. No, it's myocarditis. He, he said that's the, the risk of getting COVID and the damage COVID does to a, anyone's heart, including a young person, is so far outweighs that that risk that it's just really not even an intelligent conversation to have it. And I would say to that kid, stop listening to um, talking heads on television and go talk to a, a damn doctor about it. Go talk to a scientist. Where, why have we gotten in this country to the point where, um, you know, the used car salesman and the Karen at the grocery store, their opinions have equal value to Dr. Fauci on this subject, the world's leading expert on infectious disease. Why do people think that their opinions deserve to have equal weight with with an expert in the field. They just don't. And we need to get over that. We need to just get back to science-based decision making. Well, you no, know the anything here? Yeah, the reluctance of uh one John Rahm to get fully vaccinated prior to the memorial tournament cost him one point six million dollars. I mean, obviously he came back and won the US Open uh a couple of weeks later, but if you look at Rom's story, it's pretty interesting because he was fully vaccinated, but he had not passed the 14-day protocol for the CDC requires after you're fully vaccinated. And during that period of time, he got COVID. So um, a good public service announcement to go out there and get your vaccine uh, as soon as you can, um, whether it's complying with the sports league or just being able to return to society. Well, what, what, like, what's the, way, the story with Chris Paul? How did he get it? Was he vaccinated? He was vaccinated. He was vaccinated, which I think resulted in different protocols for when he could return to the game. But, you know, this is happening on the college stage, the amateur stage. Let me tell you something. If I am an advertiser that's spending tens of million dollars on the NFL, or I'm a fan who's shelling out tens of thousands of dollars for personal seat licenses and tickets, and my team or the NFL can't put on the full product on the field or the NBA, if I'm an advertiser, if I'm a fan that's bought tickets, I am going to be pissed. And they've got a real financial problem on their hands as a league. This is, for especially the NFL, this is a multi-billion dollar business, and they owe it to the fans, they owe it to the advertisers, they owe it to the network television, to the cable television, to put the best product on the field. And if that means everybody has to get vaccinated, fine. If you want to sit out for a year, sit out for a year. But unfortunately, uh, it's what <clears throat> what is happening, I mean, like with Chris Paul, like there's going to there's gonna be people who got vaccinated, they're going to get it. It's not 100% effective. So how are we going to? I mean, there's going to be people this NFL season who are vaccinated who come down with COVID. Sure. So what do we do? You know, like, well, they can re- they can return to the field because the safety risks involving them and those around them if they're vaccinated is much less. If different you, protocol. The safe, it's a. Different but I kind protocol. of agree with Nace. Like, do you 
What do you, I mean, do you have to be, people who are in close contact have to sit out for two weeks or do we just like, okay. I, mean, I, mean, I think, what about I think it's complicated. Tatum. What happens, what happens when you have the flu run through a team? I mean, you know, I, I look at the point that you're vaccinated, this is, you know, if you get it, it's a flu, right? I mean, isn't that, isn't that where we are now with the science on this? If, if you are vaccinated and you get it, it's like a head cold, a flu, something like that. We don't we don't do anything to people who, who players who don't get a flu shot and then go and, and the whole team gets sick. Yeah, but the flu, the common flu is not a pandemic that's killed 550,000 Americans. Yeah. Well, yeah. I listen, I, I I it makes me sad the way it's dividing people. It shouldn't divide people. This is a public health issue. I hope sports is the best of what we got. It's a thing where people are not divided and we don't normally see issues like this infiltrate sports and divide people in this way. And I really hope it doesn't keep going down this road where people have to take one side or the other. It's better when we just take the side of Canadians versus Tampa Bay rather than vaccinated versus unvaccinated politics versus no politics. I, I just hope we don't keep going down that road. I really do. Look, I hope it shed, sheds light on vaccines in general because I can't stand people who like order in the court. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> 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 we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I can't stand people who, I guess, you leave the listeners hanging there. <laughs> we'll Bill. leave them hanging. All right. Next Bill, up. You're going to be a great lawyer when you're winning. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's complicated. It's complicated. All right. Well, listen, we got through that without wanting to punch each other in the face, but that doesn't mean we don't have somebody to punch in the face this week. Right, Milk? Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. Oh, God, this is a good one, by the way. And this will be the only and this is the last time we talk about the Tour de France. Can we all agree to that? But (laughs) forever, forever, literally. It's also the last time we'll call it the Tour de France. Tour 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 de France. (laughs) If you were watching this weekend and you weren't, because it's the Tour de France, uh, you certainly saw this massive accident. This is actually a really big deal. This idiot who was trying to get on TV, clearly, because she was putting out a sign like where the the bike cameras were going by, so she knew the bikes were were close, the the big group of, of all the bikers together, puts out a sign. I don't even know what it said. Does anyone know? Something about hide her grandparents. I think maybe. it said Trump yeah, won. Trump something, Trump about, something about grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. In German. Yeah. So she comes out onto the street. The sign, first of all, is like six feet long. Okay. That's the first problem. Maybe even longer. And gets out on the street. She's trying to get on TV. So stupid. Doesn't see that half the sign is onto the street. Right. Like three feet of the sign is sticking out into yeah, the travel. Out. And what do you know? They can't stop. 
run into uh, this one, one biker runs into her, he falls and you've seen these things. They are so tight together. If one guy goes down, it's over. And it was this huge, I mean, how many bikes were involved? It was like 50 or something yeah, at least. Yeah. At least 50 bikers go down. Luckily there were no serious injuries as far as I know, but I mean, you know, it ruins a lot of these guys' chances at, at this race that they've been training for an entire year for, if not longer. But the best part of the story is that this lady, no one knows her name, right? As far, at least as of today, is on the run. Not only is she missing, but she has, she's out of the country, apparently. She has now gotten on a plane, and I think she's German, although I don't think she went back to Germany. Uh, she can't be found. The tort of they, the whoever the entity that owns that is trying to sue her. Um, it's great stuff. It's good drama. She, like she's going to have any money. Yeah, she's missing. Um, I love it. It's hard. I feel terrible for the for the for the bikers, of course. Um, but she's a complete idiot, and I'm gonna unfortunately have to punch her in the face. And I mean, what did you guys think about this? Because this this story is. Milk, come on, milk. Did you laugh a little bit when you saw that pileup of bikes? I mean, I did laugh a little bit. It's, that's what I say. It's like it's very funny, but at the same time, I feel like bad for these guys who like were involved. But yeah, it's like it's, it's emblematic of what's wrong in the world today. Everybody wants their damn face on oh, know, yeah. social media. It's too many, all these selfies and all this stuff. It's nauseating. This is the Bartman of like France, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For and, sure. Yeah. She, I mean, this, I feel bad. This, whoever this person is, because this is a big deal over there. I'm the worst sure part it, about it is that she wasn't vaccinated. <laughs> she, she had not. So she vaccinated. exposed all those 60 bikers who <laughs> fell. Yeah. <laughs> but, a little contact tracing. Like just everything about her was annoying me. The fact that the the way she made the sign was pissing me off, just this long, like ten foot rectangular. Has, it, has anybody started the Twitter feed yet? Sign lady, is it is that yeah. like actually a thing yet? Because it should be. If it isn't, yeah, somebody agreed. somebody needs to start that right now and start tweeting clues of where she, she is. She needs to get on a plane to Mexico right now and never be heard from again. She we said, won't. We won't. Well, we won't say anything to our audience at the. Milk was the first one to punch a woman in the punchable yeah. face. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you know, it's the worst thing are Foreign these people who have sponsors who are paying them to go out there and disrupt sporting events, you know, by, you know, like lifting up their shirts behind home plate or streaking or whatever, but they've got paid sponsors. It's gotten out of control. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, that bike race hasn't been interesting since everyone stopped doping. I, just like to <laughs> I agree with that too. <laughs> Oh god. All right. Can we have can we have a good story for once? Barbecue sauce. Al, you got a good story for us? Let's do a ten lasso. Yeah, there there's a good story. Um last week, I think everybody now knows this story that a a linebacker for the Las Vegas Raiders named Carl Nassib. Former Buck. Former Buccaneer. We're former tired Buccaneer. of Tampa. We're tired of Tampa. Just saying, he's probably a right. winner. 
Right. Are we Bobby are we tired him. of the? No, he played for Area. They sucked. That's right. The James Winston, He's a, which was every year until last year. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's actually it's a good story. He he enrolled at Penn State and was a walk on in 2011 and didn't play for his first two years. Like this is kind of a crazy story. And then eventually he becomes you know a really top starter for the team in 2015 and is unanimous All-American, the Nagurski-Woodson Defensive Player of the Year for the Big Ten, and the Lombardi Award for the Best College Football Lineman or Linebacker. He's drafted third by the Browns, and he's had a decent career. He's now in the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, last week, uh, he came out as a gay athlete. And while it's pretty clear, and there's been a lot of commentary on this, that there have been plenty of gay players who've played in the NFL before, None of them have taken the stance where they've come out publicly to announce that they're gay. During their and career. During their career. Correct. During their career. And one of the cool things that he did in this announcement, he made a long announcement on Instagram, is that he also gave $100,000 to the Trevor Project, which is an organization dedicated to crisis intervention and suicide prevention among LGBTQ youth, because there's a high rate of suicide Look, I, I, I'm sure as you guys do too, I have um, gay friends both in among my family and friends. And when I when I speak with them and have a heart to heart, you know, a lot of them will say like, um, you know, when you ask the question, is it, um, you know, something that you're born with or is it something that you're environmentally affected with? Most of the gay people I talk to will say, I, it, Given what everything I've been through, do you think I would have chosen this? Uh, you know, I was born this way. I've gone through a lot in my life. And to have a role model that you can look up to who is a really good professional athlete and is comes out, supports people, supports the youth. And another great part of the story is the universal acceptance that he's gotten. There have been tons of tweets. Um, in the college ranks, in the professional ranks, in the advertising ranks. And the I think the day or the day after he announced it, jerseys and T-shirts with his name were the top sellers of all NFL players on Fanatics. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this was a popular decision. It's a good thing for professional sports. I think it will make uh, a lot of people who are, are scared of what the reaction will be for them to just be themselves, uh, to gr get greater acceptance. And Carl Nassib, amongst all the other accolades you're getting right now, you've now just got received the SMQB's Ted Lasso Award. Really courageous. Really Cheers. courageous. Cheers, yeah. Carl Nassib. And, and I'll Not bet you can easy. get some of the uh, SMQB's to contribute to the Trevor Project too. And we'll, we'll actually tweet out a link to that if anybody wants to. I like to that. make a contribution also. Absolutely. Good idea. Not an easy locker room to, to come out no. in. Not no. an easy one. All right. Good story. Good story, House. Just a couple quick things to wrap it up this week. We, we got a couple notable things we have to talk about. The first, first uh, ejection for a pitcher with the banned substance yesterday, Hector Santiago of the Seattle Mariners. Uh, was standing there watching him put his, his glove into the chain of custody bag. Not a good <laughs> feeling, probably. Not a good feeling. 
Uh, I love the look on his face, by the way. Yeah, like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like, he knew it. He's like, well, how do you think a guy like me stayed in the league this long? was kind of what what the look on his face was. Uh, I think I got this right. It's Harris English beat Kramer Hickok to win the Travelers yesterday on the eighth sudden death playoff hole. The second longest. Crazy. Uh, sudden death in in the history of the, I guess of the PGA, so that's a pretty good story. Um, and then Joe Girardi, he's a chump. He's a total oh, chump for calling oh. out Scherzer. Oh. And speaking of Max Scherzer, I went to my first baseball game since Game Five of the 2019 World Series yesterday and saw Max Scherzer pitch a gem. So. Uh, fun to you could do that because you were vaccinated. Time. So that was yeah. Good. There you go. That's right. <laughs> and I'm sorry. How many? How many fans were there? Oh, we were socially distanced. It was at it was at the Marlins Park. So we were there was they're, like you know not there was not nobody, intentionally. They're permanently. Close. They're permanently socially distanced. Yeah, they, yeah. They've been socially distancing since their uh, inception. Horrible so. franchise. Well, now you guys can stop bringing up Garrett Cole every time you talk about foreign substances on baseballs. Uh, all right. Anyone got anything else, guys? Go, go Lightning. Go Denmark. Good story. Good luck, Mel. Yeah, it is a good story. All right, guys. Have a good week, everyone. Have a See good week. See you. See you all. See you. Let's go.